Congress and the Biden administration are considering banning TikTok. Is this really a good move? The bill that Congress has introduced to do so is being met with a lot of criticism from both sides of the aisle, and yet TikTok still poses a threat to our privacy and national security. Breaking this all down for us, explaining it to us like we are five, is Kara Frederick from the Heritage Foundation. My mind was blown during this conversation. I learned so much, and you will too. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com, use promo code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. All right, guys, before we get into the conversation, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't, go listen to yesterday's episode. Uh, We talked about everything that happened in Nashville. That story is developing. I might talk about some more of it tomorrow. I still want to get to the whole thing about Florida allegedly banning books like the fascists of the 20th century and to debunk a lot of the narratives that you've heard about that. But after the Nashville tragedy happened, obviously that overtook yesterday's episode. And now I really wanted to get into what's happening in Congress uh, with TikTok. So we will get to that eventually. There's always so much to cover. People always ask me, how do you have find something to talk about every day? Do you ever run out of things to talk about? I'm like, oh my gosh, no. I never get to everything that I want to get to. So just understand that if there's something that you think is important that you wish I would talk about, I didn't get to. It's not because I don't want to or because I don't care. It's because I just don't have the time. You know, these episodes are supposed to be like 30 minutes and they're almost always over an hour because there's so much to say. There's so much to say. Um, also, just a reminder, we've got new merch. We've got awesome new merch. I was wearing my Be A Salmon sweatshirt yesterday. It just didn't feel right to point that out and encourage you to go buy it. But uh, we've got lots and lots of cute new stuff that I absolutely love. A lot of my merch came in, which I'm so excited about. But I, now I'm like, well, I just need one of everything because I love it so much. So go to AllieMerch.com. We'll link it in the description of this episode. You can use code Allie10 for a 10% discount. Remember, guys, remember Mother's Day is coming up. Do not schedule golf that day. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that's not what your wife wants. And if she tells you that she's fine with it, that's even worse. She is already fuming. But to make it up to her, to make it up for the, to make up for the fact that you already planned a golf trip on Mother's Day weekend, you should just get her a basket full of relatable gear. And regardless, you should be doing that anyway, because that's exactly what she wants. So go to AllieMerch.com. Also, if you love this podcast, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. Just give us a brief explanation for why you love Relatable, what it's meant to you. That means a lot to us. Um, Okay, I think those are the only points of order that I have before we actually get into all this TikTok stuff. So without further ado, here's our new friend, Kara Frederick. Kara, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Before we get started, can you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Kara Frederick, and I'm the Director of Tech Policy at the Heritage Foundation, the, I would say, the biggest, most influential conservative think tank uh, that we have going in Washington, D.C. And if you guys don't know what a a think tank is, it's effectively a research organization. So we're nonprofits that do a lot of uh, studying, uh, researching, and we try to figure out what are the best policy recommendations for people on the Hill, for state legislatures to to sort of enact uh, what, frankly, the, the new conservatism should be propagating into the future. Yeah, you know, I mean, we could talk about the Heritage Foundation and how I think it's, I mean, it's always been conservative, but I actually think that the phase that it's in now and the kind of conservative, uh, conservatism that it is championing um, is really exciting and new and right in line where I would like uh, the right to go. So I'm very thankful for that. So we are talking specifically about what's going on with TikTok. Now, We're hearing that the Biden administration, that people in Congress want to ban TikTok. So if that is the case, let's just start there. Would that mean that if Congress bans TikTok, that no one would be able to download the app onto their phones? 
that's what it should mean. Uh, so right now we have a federal uh, ban on government devices. So any uh, federal employee, if they have a government device, that their device should not be able to access TikTok. And a ban would be on all devices. So it would effectively be prohibiting TikTok from operating within the U.S. market. What that would look like, there's degrees of gradation in terms of, you know, it's not going to wipe TikTok off your phone uh, tomorrow, but yeah. there would be a process and not f effectively allowing uh, Americans to to access this app on their mobile operating systems and on their desktops, so their, their digital platforms in general. Okay, and why are we even talking about this? Because we remember Trump bringing this up a couple of years ago. We need to ban TikTok. Has something to do with the Chinese Communist Party? What exactly is going on? It's a little weird that the Biden administration would want to do something that Trump also wanted to do. Yeah, which is, I think, a testament to the, the gravity of the situation and the depth of the links to the Chinese Communist Party that this digital platform TikTok has. And I think the best way to explain it is TikTok is owned by a parent company called ByteDance. Mm. That company is headquartered in Beijing, okay. and it is subject to the People's Republic of China's laws and policies. And foremost among this is a 2017 national intelligence law, which effectively compels, quote unquote, private companies headquartered in China to do government work. So if the state has a need, the state, meaning the Chinese party state, the Chinese Communist Party uh, has a need for, say, the data that TikTok collects or the data that ByteDance collects uh, through TikTok, then uh, ByteDance is effectively compelled to uh, fork over that data. So every private entity in China has to abide by these laws and policies and they all have to work together to achieve the ends of the PRC or the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, gotcha. And is there evidence that this that this is happening? Is there evidence that there is CCP interference within TikTok in a way that could damage the privacy of Americans and the security of the United States? Oh, there are there are reams of evidence that point in this direction. I would say specifically in concrete ways, ByteDance has a domestic subsidiary which has uh, three board seats. One of those board seats is a card-carrying member of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, we the other researchers have figured out through LinkedIn that over 300 LinkedIn profiles of for ByteDance and TikTok employees say that they either currently or used to work for Chinese state media. And we know from leaked messaging docs, the, the PR strategy as recently updated as 2021 for TikTok was to downplay uh, ByteDance, downplay the China connection, and uh, and not focus on the fact that they are, are intertwined. And we also know there's an internal CC apparatus within ByteDance too that has influence over you know the the direction the platforms take and then again in terms of accessing data uh, TikTok has maintained and, and equivocated and misrepresented for years that none of uh, that U.S. data is not easily accessed by Chinese engineers or by employees in China we know for a fact given 80 leaked uh, uh, audio files from meetings uh, these are 80 meetings that that's not true that Chinese engineers have repeatedly accessed U.S. user data and more and more information keeps coming out where Senator Hawley has a whistleblower with intimate knowledge of TikTok's operations that basically says anyone in uh, employees in China can switch between U.S. data and Chinese data like a light switch. So over and over and over again, uh, TikTok's defense is, oh, this is all hypothetical, but everything they say is not happening is actually happening. And afterwards, when they're called on it, it's mea culpa, mea culpa. But yeah, we've got a, a confluence of evidence that that pretty much says, uh, yeah, the the Chinese uh, links are very very deep here, and we'll try our best to downplay them. So I know this might sound like a crazy question, but I've I've heard this. I've heard this from friends. Why should we care? Now I care. I've never downloaded TikTok. I've never had TikTok on my phone. I've never opened a TikTok video. This is even before. CCP, I just didn't need anything else on my phone to distract me. But then, of course, this is an added reason. But some of my friends are like, why do I care if the CCP accesses my data? I already give 
all of my data to Apple, to Twitter, to Facebook, to all these places, you know, they would say, I live a boring life. I don't really care if they know where I live or what I'm doing or that I like these cooking videos or whatever. What are they going to do to me? So what kind of data are you talking about? And why should the everyday user care if another government entity just happens to know what they're doing and where they are? Yeah, the short answer, it's the Chinese Communist Party, right? They're an adversarial nation, and they frankly wish to do us harm. We know that. They've said that in public spaces. Uh, They've said repeatedly in the past few years that they're on a war footing, especially with the United States of America. They aim to dominate us and become the dominant actor on the stage. So that's one thing. You know, when the Chinese Communist Party can have direct access to your data, that's a massive problem. And then I hear this defense all the time. Okay, Facebook does this. uh, uh, Google does this. All American companies do this too. And yes, while there's a massive problem when it comes to privacy and data exploitation among these American companies, I do think we need a national data protection framework to contend with that. It is much worse when the Chinese Communist Party can do it because right now they still have a much different system than we do. Again, I will admit that we are under pressure when it comes to an independent judiciary, a free press, and uh, an engaged citizenry. We're we're definitely, um, that's a, a bulwark right now. It, it's you know slightly crumbling, I would say, but we still have that standing against what the Chinese system has, and there's no debate. There's no adjudication of privacy whatsoever. Uh, what she says, what the party says, goes, and that's it. And you know they happen to be conducting a genocide in the Uyghur Autonomous Region of Xinjiang, um, so yeah. that's a problem too. So two things that have to do with China, and then third, there's the data exploitation and collection issue. That is, I think, it's much. It, it's different um, when it comes to the the TikTok and other um, other private companies because there have been studies that have been done by you know parties like uh, a cybersecurity for- firm in Australia, which basically gave TikTok a score when they had their malware analysis tool review some of the data exploitation and collections practices. It gave them one of the worst scores in industry. It said TikTok effectively exists as a data collection platform, and that's it. Uh, the only other app that got even close to what TikTok is doing with your data and how it's collecting your data and how vulnerable your data is given their systems is a Russian app called VK. So that should give you pause. And then we know, and I can get into the technical details here, not sure your audience would be too interested in it, but I think we have to equip ourselves. it really matters when they are taking something like the unique device identifiers of your phone. Say if you have an Android phone, you have something called a media access control address. And that is very difficult to get rid of effectively, you know, or to to disentangle yourself from. So TikTok was uh, exploiting a loophole in Google's policies because Google's policy says you shouldn't be able to do this. It's so exploitative. And yet TikTok was exploiting a loophole that allowed them to hoover up those media access control addresses. And uh, they tried to cover it up. And this is the Wall Street Journal reporting it. So over f- a 15 month period, they were collecting those unique device identifiers. And then when they were, you know, people started to make noise about it, they tried to cover it up. And then another, uh, I don't know, Australia, because they're so proximate to the China threat, they keep doing a lot of this research. They also found that every time you open TikTok, it would copy uh, any content from your clipboard. So we store our passwords on our clipboard. We store banking information on our clipboard. TikTok was accessing it every time you open the device. That is very concerning and not common practice among industry standards. All right, quick pause from that conversation to tell you guys about my first sponsor. That's Adele Natural Cosmetics. I've been telling you about Adele for a long time. You just need to go out and try their products. I absolutely love their skincare. I use it every day. I love their Blue Lagoon line. It's very luxurious. And I also love just their daily essential cleanser. I use both of these products. I use all of their products like pretty much every day. I also love their foundation for every day just every day where it has good coverage. I feel really good about all of the ingredients that Adele Natural Cosmetics 
puts into their stuff. It's all natural. It's organic. Um, and it's a company that is run by people who really care about what they're putting into their bodies, what they're putting on their bodies. And they handcraft all of their stuff at home in Texas. It's really an amazing company. They're Christians. They're pro-life. They're very outspoken about this stuff. And they genuinely just make high-quality high quality items that are good for your skin. So I love Adele Natural Cosmetics. You should definitely check them out. If you're like on a non-toxic journey, like allow this to be your next switch. Get your makeup, get your skincare from Adele Natural Cosmetics. Go to adelnaturalcosmetics.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout for 25% off your first order. Adele, A-D-E-L, naturalcosmetics.com. Promo code Allie for 25% off your first order. adelnaturalcosmetics.com. I think the point is, is that we don't exactly know what Beijing would do with all of this information, with all of this data. What we do know is that the intentions are not pure, of course, and they simply don't have the same views that we do on um, rights, on human rights, obviously on privacy, but it would, when it comes to the First Amendment, when it comes to human dignity, when it comes to the protection of human beings, I mean, they just don't believe the same things that we do. And if they do continue to rise to prominence as the world's global superpower, and they already have access to and are then in charge of all of our data, all of our information, all of the most private parts of our lives, which a lot of us, you know, put on our phones, um, then I, we, we just don't know. We don't exactly know what the threat is, but literally everything that you hold dear, whether it's your assets, your money, you know, photos of your children, passwords, credit card numbers, if they have access to all of those things, like there really is no limitation to not just the power they will have over your life, but their ability to exploit that information. And I can't say I know exactly what the tangible ramifications of that will be, but I know enough to say it's not good. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I used to be an intelligence officer. So my job was to map the networks of our enemies, of our adversaries. We effectively looked for needles and haystacks. If you are already giving them the information, they're not even going to have to look too hard to number one, find you and number two, exploit you. And you know, we're both mothers. I have a daughter now. We China is always playing the long game. So if yeah. they have that dossier on our children, who knows how uh, subject to blackmail they can be going forward. Uh, I like to say that we're minting an Eric Swalwell with every person who uses TikTok over and over again. You're effectively in the clutches of the CCP if you use this app. And we also know that they've created dossiers on prominent American individuals, on prominent Australians like uh, Natalie Imbruglia. Remember the singer from the 90s? You probably don't. You're probably too young. But they have these profiles of prominent individuals so they could, um, in their estimation, either spy on them or pull their strings if necessary. So we know that they create the, these, again, these digital profiles, and they've stolen so many data sets from American in, um, individuals in general, like with the Office of Personnel Management hack, when they stole, you know, social security numbers from government employees. There was a Marriott hack linked to the Chinese state, an Anthem Healthcare hack linked to the Chinese state, a um, Equifax financial hack linked to the Chinese state. If they can integrate all of these data sets, use TikTok data to fill in the gaps, they've got us. 360 degree profiles, uh, you name it, and we're in their pocket. So it really, really matters what they can do in the future, especially when it comes to artificial intelligence, which can aid them in this quest by parsing through large amounts of data to pull out patterns and identify anomalies and, and frankly, look for people that they can be effective uh, targets of espionage and blackmail. Yeah. And wow. And, and think about if they have these digital profiles and digital dossiers, and if they continue to kind of expand their authority and power over people in different in different countries, like think about the things that the CCP stands against that maybe you represent or you might be for. Okay, so they know if you're a Christian, they know if you go to church, just based on what you click on, they know if you're a conservative or if you're a progressive. And there's not any particular political ideology here in the United States that the CCP would say, yes, I'm for this or I'm for this. Really, they would be probably trying to figure out who is going to be a problem. Like who... Um, 
is going to pose some kind of threat to us, some kind of opposition. And really, there are people on both sides of the political aisle and political spectrum here in the United States that they would probably see as representative of some kind of threat to CCP power. They're also very anti-LGBTQ. They're anti-Muslim. They're anti-Christian. They're anti a lot of different belief systems that people represent in the United States. So there's no one really that's off limit to these digital dossiers that the Chinese could be collecting for whatever nefarious purposes to say, oh, yeah, we don't like that that person's a Muslim. We don't like that that person thinks they're trans. We don't like that that person's a Christian. That person has too many kids. Who even knows? But they know all of these things about you, about your life, about your kids, probably where your kids go to school, what time you pick them up. I mean, and we are talking about the most powerful adversarial regime in the world. We, as I said, just don't know how that is going to affect us personally and individually, and then how that will affect us on a national scale. And another question I want to ask you is, because what's interesting about the CCP, and this is something they do a lot in different ways. We actually talked about this a couple weeks ago. There was this like study that came out that said, oh, it, the conclusion stated, oh, kids with two moms or two dads actually fare better in a lot of ways than kids of a mom and a dad. And I looked into that and I was like, that's odd. And it actually, the data didn't even support the stated conclusion, but it was funded by um, an organization that takes its funding from the CCP. And what's interesting about that is that the CCP is very anti-LGBTQ, and we went through all of the different policies that they have restricting that kind of behavior and representation on social media. And so, and yet they kind of push that propaganda here, again, for whatever nefarious reasons. And it seems to me, and you can tell me this is my question, it took me a long time to get to it, but do you think it's possible that the CCP would be manipulating algorithms in order to push the kinds of values and ideologies that it knows will make America weaker, make America less patriotic, make America, you know, less strong, whatever, whatever it is in a variety of ways, even while it restricts that kind of stuff in its own country, because they actually are very, very restrictive when it comes to children under the age of 18, even accessing TikTok. They can only access it, I believe, during certain times of the day. There are only certain kinds of videos that kids are allowed to watch. There is no LGBTQ content that is even allowed to be represented on social media in China. And yet that's like all kids in the United States are seeing. They're getting sucked into these rabbit holes of gender ideology, very often of sexual grooming that is not tolerated by the CCP. And I'm just wondering if the CCP has a hand in, in pushing the kind of algorithms and content that is destroying youth in the United States, even as they restrict it for their own people. Oh, it is 100% possible. And I think that you would be naive to think that it's not happening. And we know this because ByteDance pushed divisive content um, during the 2022 uh, midterm elections. Uh, they were mostly uh, targeting or, or saying that, you know, we were supporting Democrats. They were mostly saying uh, Republicans were bad. They were, you know, fueling incendiary debates when it comes to things like abortion. Uh, we also know that. ByteDance pushed pro-CCP narratives to a U.S. user base. Uh, there was a, they had a, a U.S. now defunct news app called uh, Top Buzz that, or uh, yeah, Top Buzz that basically uh, served a U.S. audience and they put pro-China narratives on the top, basically. So we know that they're, they're absolutely capable of doing this. Again, ByteDance is in the, the, the clutches of the CCP. You have that one in, uh, uh, board member in their domestic subsidiary. You have all of those Chinese state media employees uh, that are working there. So again, super naive to think that, that they're not pushing this on the American people whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem, the, the propaganda, the influence campaigns. Yes. Um, you have a lot of, frankly, enterprising journalists who have registered on TikTok as an experiment as 13-year-olds, as 14-year-olds, and they find themselves absolutely inundated within minutes with eating disorder content, self-harm content content, suicidal 
content, all of the above. Yes. And this has happened again and again and again as these journalists are, are doing their own experiments because, like you said, a lot of, uh, you know, certain outlets are paid for by the by ByteDance, by the CCP, by TikTok, and they're not going to do these studies. So people are taking matters into their own hands and actually conducting them and finding that there is a veritable onslaught of what you said of gender dysphoria content yes. um, and all sorts of material that's deleterious to the health of our next generation, the mental health of our next generation, the actual health of our men mental or our next generation, yeah. like with the TikTok ticks uh, that pediatric hospitals oh gosh, are filled yes. with now. Um, massive problem. I, you're naive if you don't think the CCP is, uh, if not has a direct hand in this, then laughing about ByteDance doing it and TikTok as well. Oh, yeah. And I, in case people don't know, TikTok ticks, I don't know if we've actually talked about that, but it's it's basically young people who believe that they've developed, they like have Tourette's or they have some kind of um, issue that they can't stop doing. And it's actually not something that has developed organically in their mind or that they were born with. It's something that they have developed from watching it on TikTok. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is going to be studied for years to come. I mean, we could get into like parents, please, please, please get your kids off TikTok. But maybe you won't have to because maybe, maybe we'll ban it. So let's talk about that. So all of this that we just explained is really just background to what is happening right now in Congress or what has been happening. So on March 7th, 2023, U.S. Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, introduced a bill called the Restricting the Emergence of Security Threats That Risk Information and Communications Technology. Got to get it, it's it, it stands or restrict is what it um, stands for all of that. So I guess that's why it's so long. They wanted to get to the word restrict. So the restrict <laughs> act, the bill requires federal actions to identify and mitigate foreign threats to information and communications, technology, products and services. This is um, bipartisan. You've got 11 Republicans, 10 Democrats. Last week, uh, March 20th through 24th, the House Committee on U.S. Competition with China heard from TikTok CEO Shuzi Chu and other TikTok officials and advocates just asking about some of the things that we were just talking about. Um, okay, tell us a little bit about this bill. Do you think it's good? Because I'm hearing quite a bit of disagreement about this. You know, Ali, I think there are better bills. Um, it, it's not my favorite. It's, I don't think, I think it's much too overreaching. Um, I think it's much too vague, much too broad. I think it gives, and I know it gives authority to um, the, the Commerce Department. And you already have the head of the, of the Commerce Department coming out and saying that if we ban TikTok, then we're going to lose every voter under 35 in the years to come. That's a massive problem when the person charged with effectively banning TikTok, which this bill doesn't even mention TikTok to let you know. Oh. Uh, that, then that's a big problem when she's thinking of it from a political angle. And of course, she's a, a Biden administration um, employee. So she, you know, we do know that Biden uh, likes to have a lot of his voters on TikTok and they have a natural allergy, frankly, to what Trump um, tried to do, especially with his executive order to ban TikTok. Um, so I think there are a lot of problems with that. I think there are really interesting proposals that do this one thing. And I'll get a little policy wonkish here if you're, yeah. if you'll let me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when it comes to the specific authorities that Trump attempted to use to try to ban TikTok. And this was um, the emergency uh, or the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, which basically gives the president broad authorities to to sanction, to um, look very and scrutinize and look very seriously at international transactions. Um, and he attempted to apply these authorities, so sanctioning authorities effectively, to uh, TikTok and WeChat, another Chinese-owned platform. Platform. And in what happened was TikTok sued and uh, Biden came into office and, you know, took away his uh, executive order to begin with. But when TikTok sued, they appealed to a specific amendment in uh, what we call IEPA, the, that International Economic Emer International Emergency Economic Powers Act again. Um, and the, it's called collectively known as the Berman Amendment, which has a carve out for informational materials. So when IEPA was updated, what they what Congress basically tried 
tried to do, uh, this is in the 80s and 90s, it was updated twice, they, they tried to say, okay, if there's a ostensibly hostile nation like Cuba, and they want to send films and photographs to America, that shouldn't be sanctioned. So there should be an informational material loophole to these authorities. So TikTok relied on that, and a federal judge agreed with them when it came to uh, stunting tr the implementation of Trump's EO. So no TikTok ban because of this loophole. Now, some of these bills, um, they ask to amend this loophole and get rid of it. So allow um, those IEPA authorities to be used. I'm more in favor of those bills because it gets at a specific part of the problem. And those bills name TikTok specifically for a ban. They're not trying to slow walk something. They're not trying to weasel out of it. So I think, you know, what Senator Rubio is trying to do, um, what uh, Representative McCall is trying to do, what Representative Gallagher, and, and this is bipartisan too, um, for some of them, uh, Democrat Christian Morthy um, wants to work with Senator, or Republican uh, Representative Gallagher on this as well. So there are better, I think there are better alternatives out there that are going to get us to the place that we want to get, which is prohibiting TikTok from operating in the U.S. market. And we should, I think, lean more into those. Okay, next sponsor is Quinn's Goat Soap. This is a new sponsor. I'm so excited about it. I love this company. So as you can tell from the name of the company, they make goat soap. And they have uh, their goats on their property that they are using to create this amazing high quality soap. Also shampoo. It smells amazing. It leaves your skin feeling so soft and so nourished. But the best part about this company isn't the amazing uh, products that they make. It's actually the story behind it. So the person who runs Quinn's Goat Soap is actually a 15-year-old. And he started this whole thing several years ago when he was just a little kid and he decided for his birthday he wanted some goats to be able to use their milk, to make cheese, to make soap, make things like that. So he's very industrious, very entrepreneurial. And now he has created this company that his whole family works together on to create and deliver these amazing goat products for you guys. And I've talked to them. They're just the sweetest family. This is actually the biggest advertising opportunity they've had on Relatable, and it's because they're doing so well, and they knew that you guys would love their mission and love their stuff. And I was like, absolutely, I know my audience is going to get a lot of this stuff. So make sure you go to qpgoatsoap.com. Check it out. Support this family-run business. It's amazing. qpgoatsoap.com. Use code Allie for 10% off your total order. qpgoatsoap.com. Code Allie. There are some conservative and Democrat opponents to it. Now, there are more Democrats, I think, that are against banning in general, like AOC, for example. She actually created a TikTok account and posted her first TikTok video, which I think it's crazy that Congress people are even allowed to have a TikTok. I mean, based on everything that you just said, I feel like that should just be an easy one. That if you are a public official, especially on the federal level, you should not be... We already know that TikTok is not allowed on federal devices, right? And so... Mm -hmm. It's crazy that she just doesn't care about that at all. She doesn't care about that at all. So she said in her little video, which I'm so shocked that she has not had TikTok up until this point. She said, do I believe TikTok should be banned? No, the United States has never before banned a social media company from existence. I don't see why that matters at all. There's no social media company that we know that has gone to this extent to exploit American data from operating in our borders. And this is an app that has over 150 million Americans on it. Again, irrelevant to me. That's even actually more scary or scarier. Uh, major social media companies are allowed to collect troves of deeply personal data about you and you don't know about that you don't know about with any really significant regulation whatsoever. The United States is one of the only developed nations in the world that has no significant data or privacy protection laws on the books. It just doesn't feel right to me. Okay, I want to know, one, is that true? And you kind of did already address this argument at the beginning, but like, what would you say? If I'm AOC, like, how would you respond to that? 
Uh, number one, I'd say, what device are you using in the in Congress to do this? Because now you've opened up what Wi-Fi are you connecting to? Now you've opened up your compatriots and uh, other U.S. officials to exploitation yeah. by the Chinese Communist Party. So Great that's job. a big thing. But the data vulnerability and exploitation issues that she just uh, broke wide open uh, for her colleagues, because if you connect to Wi-Fi, it does open up um, you, by being on the same network. If you have TikTok downloaded on your phone and it connects to that Wi-Fi, you've potentially opened up other devices connected to the Wi-Fi to exploitation by uh, TikTok and frankly, by Tamsin and thus the CCP. So that's one. Number two, I think, you know, these are TikTok talking points. These are straight from TikTok lobbyists that they paid yeah. uh, over $5 million uh, in 2022 to, to traipse around the hall sort of parroting. So uh, they got to her. That's sad. Um, and thirdly, I will concede that they're a national data protection framework. Um, we've advocated for it at the Heritage Foundation since February 2022. I do think there are privacy considerations that are going to um, help, but they're not going to solve the TikTok problem whatsoever. So we need it layered on top of a TikTok ban, and that'll be useful because there is one data point that I think your audience should know is that U.S. user data uh, can be sold to TikTok. Um, so if even if there's a TikTok ban, uh, TikTok and ByteDance, that's the CCP, can get the information from third parties, from other companies as well, just based off of the fact that, you know, there are trackers, there are software development kits that that takes um, your data and sends it to other companies and whatnot. So to... Um, confront, I think, that uh, data collection and sharing, that's massive. And we should do it for the United States. Right. I think everyone who is on these platforms deserves to understand clearly how their information is collected, stored, and shared. And that's just baseline. So right. sure, AOC, uh, we can agree on that. But when it comes to TikTok, you know, just that data privacy framework, that's not going to do anything for the TikTok problem in general. And TikTok knows that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I think she's parroting TikTok lobbyist talking points. It's yeah, sad. right. And Ilhan Omar, she said something similar. She was like, we shouldn't ban an entire social media platform. They don't give any good. They don't give any good reason, which isn't exactly surprising. It's not like I've ever been stunned by the logical capabilities of AOC. Um, and like she knows her audience. They're not looking for that. And I think that really the reason is, is because they understand that they have been buoyed by the support of a lot of young people who consider themselves socialists. And a lot of their young people, I mean, a lot of their young people, one, are on TikTok, but I think they might understand, and I don't want to give them too much credit, but much of the progressive ideology that allows them to have the power that they do is being pushed on TikTok. It really helps them support their narratives, support their ideology. I think also young people that are distracted, whose minds are basically atrophying from overuse of social media tend to vote. I'm sorry, but tend to vote for people <laughs> like AOC because they don't really think through things. They don't really think through well, why is socialism bad. So I understand why she would, just for her own personal gain, want to keep TikTok around. So that makes sense. Uh, Tucker Carlson, I thought this was interesting. He is talking about the Restrict Act. Now, from what I understand, from what I've seen of Tucker Carlson, he would probably be on the side of restricting TikTok. But specific to this bill, he says, this bill isn't really about banning TikTok. It's never about what they say it is. Instead, this bill would give enormous and terrifying new powers to the federal government to punish American citizens and regulate how they communicate with one another. For example, the bill would regulate certain transactions between persons in the United States and foreign adversaries. Now, what's a foreign adversary and who gets to decide? Well, the Secretary of Commerce and the Director of National Intelligence, not Congress, get to decide what foreign adversaries are. Well, that ought to trip a switch in your brain. And then the transactions with foreign adversaries would include any acquisition, importation, transfer, installation, dealing in or use of any information and communications technology, product or service, including ongoing activities such as managed services, data transmission, software updates, repairs, or the provision of data hosting services. Well, that's pretty broad. So he thinks like ironically that this bill is big brother. 
Yeah. So again, we've talked about it and we've, you know, put out public material where we do, we do think this bill is, is very broad and very vague. And I'm myself, you know, having worked in national security my entire career, uh, you know, I, I looked at, I, I was a counterterrorism analyst. I looked at foreign Islamic terrorism and I'm very concerned about the definition inflation of, you know, uh, frankly, domestic extremists, uh, terrorism, extremism, uh, national security. So we don't want to give the government any more power, especially this Biden administration, which we've seen when it comes to uh, school uh, board meetings and, you know, the FBI tagging uh, parents who objected to CRT being taught in their classrooms as potential domestic terrorists. Uh, you have a, a February bulletin from the Department of Homeland Security that said spreading misinformation, uh, malinformation or disinformation about COVID was tantamount to terrorist activity. So I'm very, very concerned about using the national security apparatus, which has, uh, you know, definitions and words that are used very deliberately because they are able to designate specific authorities to those words, hence the invocation of terrorism when it comes to these things. That comes, that resources come with that. uh, And again, authorities come with that. So I'm very concerned about that. I think the American people are right to be concerned about that as well. Yeah. So as you said earlier, there are better options. You believe that TikTok should be banned. It should be restricted, but not in a way that gives the U.S. government, who, quite frankly, we also don't trust, not in the same way that we don't trust the CCP, but we don't want any government entity spying on us and regulating us and our interactions and our commerce in that way. Um, And so this bill is not it. This Restrict Act is not it. And yet there are Republicans signing on to it. Do you think it's going to pass? You know, I think it does have uh, that that groundswell of bipartisan support. Uh, Joe Biden uh, has, you know, thrown his weight behind it. But what I also think is interesting, as we point out in our heritage publications um, through uh, certain media outlets, that TikTok uh, is pretty happy about this bill, too. Um, so I think that's worrisome to begin Yikes. with. When uh, if it's supposed to be a TikTok ban and TikTok likes it, I, I would be scratching my head. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, given um, Shochu's uh, the TikTok CEO's testimony in front of the House um, Energy and Commerce Committee, you know, I don't think he did a great job. So I do think that there's still momentum when it comes to a potential TikTok ban. Um, You know, I think there's going to be another TikTok. Uh, So whatever bill goes forward, you have to think about sort of the next TikTok, the next uh, Chinese entity that is emerging in the the U.S. marketplace. Um, So I frankly, you know, again, I'm an analyst, but I I can't necessarily give predictions in terms of, but I do think there's a growing momentum for a TikTok ban. And I think a TikTok ban is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think it's going to face a TikTok ban. Obviously, it's going to face a lot of opposition. There are people who make a lot of money from TikTok, um, you know, influencers, people who don't have any malintent or people who get recipes from it and, you know, things like that. People have just kind of come to enjoy it as an app. And that's part of why it's so effective. Like we wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't have algorithms that are addicting and that make people want to continue to log on to it. We wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't so popular. So that means it's going to be tough, I think, for some of these representatives, for some of these people in Congress to get behind any bill, no matter how common sense it is that bans TikTok, because a lot of the young constituents will be mad. Now, I, it's easy for me to say, because I don't have to be elected. I'm like, I don't care. They don't know what's good for them. Of course, they're addicted to it. It doesn't matter. It compromises our national security and also your personal privacy. Like, I'm sorry, 15-year-old, your brain is not even developed. We're going to make this decision for you. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's where I stand. But of course, like you said, I also worry about a bill like this that the government would just use to give themselves more power to exploit our data. So I meant to play this earlier. You mentioned the CEO of TikTok. Um, and just to give a people uh, the people an example of why you said he didn't do a good job and why he actually made us and Congress more frightened about what TikTok is doing. Here's an interaction between Representative Fluger, who is from the state of Texas, and he is asking, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about what he actually means by this. He's asking about data manipulation, and here's what the CEO of TikTok had to say about that. Do you disagree with FBI Director Ray and NSA Director Nekasone when they said that the CCP could have the capability to manipulate data 
and send it to the United States? Do you disagree with their statement? Their, their statement says could. Uh, so do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with that. Okay, so it is possible that the CCP, under the auspices of ByteDance, which is your parent company, which you get paid from, has the ability to manipulate content that is being shared with 130 million Americans, yes? Okay, so he, he just goes on basically saying the same thing that he, uh, that he tried to use as an answer at the beginning of that clip. But uh, tell, like, what, is that, what does that exactly mean? Yeah, so this is really interesting. And Director Ray came out a few years ago. He was giving an address to um, a college, and he basically said that um, ByteDance, uh, the, so the Chinese Communist Party controls ByteDance, and ByteDance has the ability to control the recommendation algorithm. And I think, you know, that is something information we're not privy to uh, without our TSSCI clearances yet. But when you have Director Ray definitively coming out and saying that uh, ByteDance and the Thus, the Chinese Communist Party has the ability to control the recommendation algorithm. That's a problem. And I think the most telling corroboration of that is in 2020, when Trump was issuing that initial executive order to potentially ban TikTok, what China, Chinese um, representatives uh, through ByteDance, what they came out and said was that China will never sell the source code for TikTok. Mm. So China, uh, and we know that Chinese government officials have instituted export controls that cover AI and algorithms. So if China doesn't want to get rid of the algorithm behind TikTok, why? Do they just want it because it's powerful and it's good and they just want to tinker on it for fun to make more money or because they can directly control it like Christopher Ray um, said in in some of those speeches and he said it multiple times so I think that is very very interesting and again you look at TikTok executives and officials history of misrepresentation what they have said is Chinese engineers don't access US user data that was a lie that was disproven. Uh, what they have said is there are, you know, big firewalls um, between U.S. user data and, uh, again, those Chinese employees. That was a lie. And we know that from leaked audio. Um, we also know that they, ByteDance approved this. They attempted to use TikTok to surveil the physical locations of U.S. journalists. Wow. Uh, that was reported. That was proven as well. So everything that TikTok and, and ByteDance effectively says later falls to the truth. And then they say, oh, yeah, sorry. Well, that doesn't happen again or we fired those guys so everything's fine now so yeah. in my mind okay the algorithm is that's a big big question and there's a pattern of behavior let's go with the pattern of behavior when people show you who they are believe them all right last sponsor for the day and that is crowd health i don't have to tell you guys about the complexities of health insurance, the nightmare that it is to navigate all of that. Well, Crowd Health makes healthcare coverage really simple. It's not insurance. It's better than that. You've probably heard of other kinds of crowdfunding for healthcare coverage. And Crowd Health is a company that makes it really easy, really transparent. You make or you uh, pay a monthly fee, and that contributes to all of the funds that are then used to help the Members at Crowd Health pay for their health care needs. And it's super affordable. Uh, you pay $175 monthly payment that pays for a healthcare advocate that helps you navigate different kinds of healthcare events that you have, telemedicine services, discounted prescriptions, other tools to help you get the best care at an affordable price. The remainder of your monthly payment um, goes into a crowd health account so uh, that you own so you can help others in the crowd pay for their medical expenses. So it's a really awesome service, a really great company. Go to joincrowdhealth.com. Use promo code Ali at checkout to get your first three months for only $99 a month. So rather than $175 for the first three months, you can get it for $99 a month with my promo code joincrowdhealth.com, code Ali. Um, Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. And tell us, uh, he also talks about later in this clip, which we didn't play, um, Representative Fluger says, please rename your project. And he's talking about the Texas project that TikTok has. W what is that? 
Yeah, so that was, uh, I alluded to that firewall that um, TikTok has basically promised to the American people uh, where they say, we are going to protect your data. And we're going to do that through Project Texas. And what Project Texas does is they say it is erects that firewall. It makes it much more difficult, in their words, for Chinese employees, ByteDance employees to access U.S. user data. They say they're going to store the U.S. user data in the U.S. before they've, uh, we know from reporting that they, at least for a period of time, actually did store it in China prior to 2019. Um, and again, they misrepresented that until that was uh, reported out in the open. Um, and now they store it in the U.S. and Singapore. Again, it doesn't necessarily matter where you store the data if Chinese employees can access that data if it's stored here, if it's stored in Singapore. So they say, we're just going to store it in the U.S. But again, doesn't necessarily matter where the data is stored. That is a red herring because we know the systems can access the data. Data. And frankly, the Chinese Communist Party has a lot of leverage over human beings with access to the data, too. So they can frankly lean on your grandma back in in China in the homeland. And if you have an engineer who's working here for TikTok and they want to give up information. So there are yeah. big holes in Project Texas. They also say we have third party oversight, U.S. company oversight, CFIUS, um, which is the, the big investigation that dragged on for two years about the national security issues run by, again, the Commerce Department. Um, so I think Janet Yellen was actually at the helm of, she's the, the chair of CFIUS. Um, so this is the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. Uh, and they say, okay, they're going to have oversight over um, U.S. data too. But again, we can't believe anything that TikTok says, given their history of misrepresentation and the fact that there are some technical issues with uh, saying that Project Texas is going to uh, solve all the problems. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Are you pleasantly surprised that the Biden administration, at least ostensibly, is interested in banning TikTok? I am, if in fact they are interested in banning TikTok. Um, so given the fact that they sort of, uh, again, uh, revoked Trump's initial executive order and and put in place a framework that they really haven't seemed to implement yet, um, that that's sort of a, a knock against them. Um, I think uh, something in their favor is, yes, they've, they've actually talked about this in a serious way. I do think there are you know people within the administration who are still working hard. They recognize that this is an actual problem and then it's a bipartisan partisan problem at that. So that is encouraging. But whether or not they get this over the finish line, I'm I'm worried that now they're starting to sort of uh, pull back and realize with their leftist constituency among, you know, young people, this could be a problem. I'm worried that those um, ideas might win the day. But but yeah, if, if we can keep going, if people on the Democratic side, like Senator Mark Warner, can continue to raise the alarm about these issues, uh, then then I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so, too. I would also be surprised if he actually pushes this over the finish line. Just some of the things that he has done that showed such a capitulation to China, such a weakness toward China, ending a lot of yes. Trump era protections. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that he would potentially sacrifice the votes of young people, which I mean, realistically, he wouldn't. Those young people who are on the left are going to vote for the Democrat anyway, but he probably yep. doesn't want to anger them. So like you said, I would be surprised too, but we can hope and hope that at least eventually these things don't happen overnight, but at least eventually someone can push it over the finish line. Uh, thank you so much. You explained all of this so well. There's a lot of other things I'm sure that you could get into for us, but I think that this gives people a really good understanding of what's going on. Is there anything else that you want people to know? Is there anything that people can do if they care about this? Yeah, I think you need to, to get it off your phones. And, you know, sadly, given the fact that it exploits those unique device identifiers, uh, deleting it off your phone may not. Uh, they, you know, China has data points on you now. They have metadata from you now. So um, it's not going to solve the problem. But the least you can do is start. And then if your friends uh, or, you know, all influencers are, are all over TikTok, I mean, in, in my mind, they got to take one for the team. They have to understand that this is bigger than them. This is bigger than their ability ability to, uh, you know, buy another bag or something like that, that their TikTok income is giving them and they're being actively manipulated by a hostile power. And um, that should give anyone pause. Yeah, definitely. Get your kids, especially your teens off TikTok. Even if yes. CCP were a part of this, man, it's such a 
toxic, toxic place. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate it. Uh, are you on Twitter, Instagram, not TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, well, I mean, you know, uh, competitive platforms, that's what we're all about at Heritage Competition. So I'm on Twitter as Kara A. Frederick, uh, like Frederick the Great, um, yes. and on Instagram as Kara Fred with two Ds. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Kara. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alibeth. <laughs>